everybody. This is Kim from Toronto. You're listening to the Little Things in Life podcast, where we will explore various topics, discuss and reflect on issues that come up in our daily lives through Buddhism. Hey, I'm Ellen from Sydney. Today, we are talking about making choices in our lives. So we go through a lot of crossroads in our lives, whether it's big or small, but it's still important to know and how to make these choices we face. To our guest, she is the Deputy Chancellor and Director of the Department of International Affairs at Fogonshan Institute of Humanistic Buddhism, our very own Venerable Miao Guan. Okay. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me for this very first episode. Definitely a great honor. Yes, Venerable Miao Guang served as a designated personal translator for one of the most renowned Buddhist monks of our time, Venerable Master Xingyun. She had often accompanied Venerable Master globally in his dialogues at international conferences, and she is pivotal in many Fo Guangshan's English translation projects. So we made choices daily. And from the foods we eat to the clothes we wear, uh, where we hang out and who we call and have a conversation with. And as much as these choices seemed menial, we would like to know how are these decisions important and, and relevant and why? Well, Benamont Master Xingyun has had an article on making choices, and he calls out the various choices that we need to make in our lives and the consequences that could come of it if we do, you know, make the wrong one. Example, choosing the wrong career, the wrong friend, timing. He even talked about choosing the wrong marriage, which definitely was not what I expected when I read that article. Sometimes I think we know that inherently making choices can set set in emotion a set of consequences. And it is those consequences that we're afraid of and because we don't know what it will create. And what if it's a bad choice uh, leading to a bad result? And How do you discern what road to take? And that's why choices are difficult to make. So Venerable, um, what do you think? So uh, what I want to say about making choices, uh, first of all, I know this is what it looks like literally in the article by Venerable Master Xingyun, choice, Mm -hmm. that we are being asked to think about what is the right choice and what is the wrong choice. For example, when he mentions career choices, how do we make the correct one? Or um, what do we want to study What job do we want to choose? Even timing is a choice. So when it comes to the personal experiences in choice, you know, that you have made in your studies, uh, for me personally, I think um, mistakes or quote unquote wrong choices have really paved our way to where we are today. Yeah, I think it's a good fortune to actually make, have made a wrong choice in the future. Otherwise, your life would become very simple and dull. You're not going to be happy. So in the article, Venerable Master Xingyun begins by telling us that every day we are faced with many choices, be it the choice of opportunity or choice of rights. To be able to make a choice on the house we want to live in, what what clothes we want to wear, I don't have a problem with that. I wear the same thing. I don't need to make a choice about my hairstyle. I enjoy that, but I hope you guys enjoy having to make choices every day or what you want to eat. That ability or that opportunity to be able to make a choice is actually our blessing in life because we get to engage in this learning process. Through this, we get to know ourselves much better. That's what we see at face value when we read these words. We keep fixating on the word right or wrong. 
But if we dig a little bit deeper, we might discover that he's saying a lot more than making a right or wrong choice. Uh, he's actually telling us to think about what we take into consideration when we make that choice. And are we aware of the consequences that will arise? In other words, have you given it, in, given it enough thoughts before deciding? That's what he's saying. And he says, well, if you haven't, these are some of the consequences in the article. So for me, when I make a choice, simply, um, I think about whether this is a selfless one, right? Does it only affect me or others? Most, most likely when you make a decision that is based on only the benefit of, your of, of yourself, in almost 100% it's going to go wrong because you don't live alone, right? No man's an island. And secondly, quickly, is it made with self-discipline? Right? Are you doing the right thing or are you doing what you want? And so all of these are what I start to think about when I read his article. You do take into consideration a lot more things when you make that decision. So this is um, where the article begins to, to take us. And so my takeaway from point one about choosing the wrong occupation, for example, he says, well, a loyal subject chooses the right master to serve. You need to know the right role model to follow. If you follow somebody who's a visionary, you go somewhere. And smart birds choose a safe tree to nesting. You don't want to fall and crash so quickly. And then unfortunately, when people have made the wrong choice in the past, you know, we end up with a lot of deep, deep regrets. So in point one, he says, in choosing the wrong career, where sometimes the work doesn't match our interests or ideals, some choose to suck it up, right? We choose to stick with it just to make ends meet. But you're not mm -hmm. going to be happy. Yeah, so yeah. you do have that opportunity to make a decision. The key here is probably whether you're willing to endure the consequences of your choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting because I think um, probably 10 years ago, I heard the st statistics through a recruiter saying that the average turnover for a job is about five years tenor. Now we're looking at about even less than that two to three year. Um, people get bored. They want to switch channel. They feel like they are not making an impact in the yes. career. Um, they, they're not progressing. They want to switch jobs. So um, it is quite uh, frustrating in a sense that I think it must be frustrating for the younger generation um, that, you know, they how, how do you progress? How do you make it? Um, but we also know that you have to stick to it for some period of time in your choice, in your selection. So it could be when you are making that choice at the time and circumstances is right for you. But very quickly, in, within a year or two years, people are grapple with, oh, it's now a wrong choice for me. So it feels like you are constantly dealing with change. And I think the our generation now is so aware of the change and the consequences of it that having too many choices and resulting in making it so much difficult. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's important to to make that you know choice and have the confidence to to make it. I feel like a lot of um a lot of us lack that self confidence and maybe even not wanting to take the accountability to make that choice. So for Venerable, um, you know, for you, what do you think are some of the important principles in making like good choices or even good decisions for ourselves? This is a question that I get asked a lot when I travel. 
mostly by university students. And my most recent experiences in mainland China proves this even stronger. Almost every student walks up to me, you know, with this very eager look on their face. They would ask me, oh, venerable, what should I do? My parents want me to go into postgrad, but I want to work. I want to travel. Um, what choices should I make? What would be the right choice? So they come up to me and they just go on and on and on about the choices they want to make. And at the end of the day, I, I discovered that uh, they don't really want an answer from me. They just want somebody who is, who is willing to listen to them. Right? And they, they just want somebody who is willing to accept their thoughts and give them time to, to juggle, uh, juggle between their responsibilities and their interests. So I would usually tell them that their choice is less than a personal entitlement. I remember reading Jeff Bezos' autobiography, the founder of Amazon. He talked a little bit about how they raised their children in the kitchen. They let their toddlers touch anything in the kitchen. And so when being asked, even knives, right, even stove, his answer was, yes, I would rather raise kids with nine fingers who know how to think than kids with 10 fingers who are just waiting for things to be given to them. So this is an example of taking that opportunity to also teach the, or, or share with the younger generation that it is okay to make decisions because basically the moment you begin to label choices with right or wrong, you complicate things, right? you narrow your vision, right? and you shorten your end goals. So the shorter these goals are, the less meaningful they are. And therefore, as we develop that vision to look further right, and to wait longer, right, we retain that right or entitlement to make a choice with the full awareness that it, at the end of the day, we are going to be the ones who live up with it. And so this mindset becomes the foundation to every person who are learning to make a choice because none of us want to be told what we need to eat, what we need to do. It's terrible. It's like being in prison, isn't it? So when we grow up, we decide that whoever we come across, when it's a younger generation, it's a child or a junior, we want to make sure that they don't go through what we went through. So I guess this is what, this is what the younger parents are doing. Um, bringing up again the question of right or wrong, right? we tend to make things complicated by labeling things as right or wrong. However, what we have just said from the six parameters with patience, it gets us to think about, okay, what, what I need to think about right now isn't whether I should make another choice. What I need to think about right now is how I'm going to stick through with my decision to the end. And by the end, what I mean, have I learned something? Have I grown out of this experience? So these slash youths today, it's not a bad thing because they get to make a lot of choices. But remember, it's actually one thing at a time. Yeah. Uh, after I became renounced, I thought my task would be simple. I would just be a monastic chanting, you know, and doing Dharma propagation. <laughs> and you discover you have to do 100 things in a day. You have to cook. You have to be a receptionist. You have to chant. You have to clean. You have to decorate. You have to write. You have to go on podcast episodes. Right. <laughs> so... One thing at a time, one thing at a time. That's our way of showing patience. Stick through with every decision and make sure you have actually learned something. 
Thank you so much, Renable, for giving us these framework around making decisions and having that context to think about it. But at the same time, to have this sort of framework, you really need to have that mindfulness and that ability to self-reflect very carefully and realistically. And we don't normally have that ability. And any ideas and how we can can help us to make this sort of to, to think of issues like this, because these are pretty deep reflection questions. I you almost feel like you need a personal coach to help you with this. Do we call you uh, up? <laughs> no problem. We call, we call a friend of <laughs> And in terms of how do you actually bring forth that mindfulness? It's actually quite simple. Um, you suffer enough to realize you need to take a different action. That's all. Mm. We don't want to force anybody to enforce this framework in the start. Right? This is just a suggestion or an experience that I've shared based on my personal suffering. I've made a lot of wrong choices and I've hurt a lot of people. Right? We've wronged a lot of people and ruined many projects too. And But we're still here. I think what matters the most is you learn from the suffering. Right? You make it optional. So it has been said that um, suffering... Um, can be painful, but suffering can also be optional. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I guess it's, um, you know, coming back to sort of talking about work, um, it's very important to take that ownership. I think a lot of people forget that is one of the key points and, and, and that discipline of having that ownership because I know in my work that's, one thing I take pride in, which is the fact that whatever I do, whether it's right or wrong, I own up to it. If it was a mistake, I, I need to tell my my manager or supervisor and let them know that, hey, I actually, um, this project, I, I made a mistake and this is what I'm going to do to try and fix it. Sometimes it's it's not about hiding away from it. I think it's it's about owning up to it to to learn from that and like it's having that um, ability to to just keep on going because yeah, you need to move on. move on with whatever you have done right so take responsibility for your decision that's the only way to move on otherwise you really get stuck with thinking this is right and I'm going to stick with it yeah absolutely um you know, now we've talked briefly about making choices in the career context in general, but um, we can perhaps think about how do we find good friends, um, you know, move to a friendship area um, in this day and age, like we're, we're now on the internet, we're online, and the pandemic really challenges um, to having to move our social life online as well. And, and, you know, we do find that you can form genuine uh, friendships online, or can you? What is, in this context, what is this connection that you have with people? And we perhaps like to explore that a little bit. Coming to this, Kim, you were talking to me the other time about how, um, Nowadays, you know, we've got this avatar. Like sometimes we go to get a coffee, uh, yeah. we'll put a, a, you know, different name for ourselves just so that, you know, they don't know our names. Uh, I could be called uh, Melissa one day. I could be called Helen another day or something else. But like another form of not committing to who you are in a way. 
I, I'm not sure, like, you know, how, how does Venable see said this um, in terms of, like, choosing friends? Not everyone is is as lucky in making the right sort of decision in, in choosing the friends that they, they have. And the thing is sometimes I find is how much do we commit to this relationship this friendship or this relationship with that we have with someone and in it is it is it important you know like is it important to like put so much into it or can we just kind of go oh well you know see how it goes kind of thing so in terms of choosing the right friend let me go back to the sutra right this is um, what i do Um, well the buddha was once asked is it better to travel alone or to travel with other people. So I think this is similar to your question as, you know, who do we travel? Who do we choose to go down the the, the road of life with us? And well, this is a question about choice. And whoever asks that kind of question usually want a quick answer or a scapegoat. You know, hey, I don't, I'm, we're not going to, I'm not going to be friends with you because the Buddha said no. (laughs) So that's not the the proper way to kind of go about um, this approach. Well, the, the Buddha responded this way. When being asked, is, is it better to travel alone or travel with others? The Buddha's response was, if you're traveling with a fool, then it is better to travel alone. <laughs> I love that. I love that, not because the Buddha is asking us to pay attention to fools who are destroying our lives. It's not really that. I love the fact that he didn't give a definite answer and instead got asked to be prepared to think about what we need to do when it comes to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And so we are so connected and so disconnected in this day of, this day of age. Uh, we cannot count our friends by the number of friends on Facebook or Instagram. It doesn't count that way, does it? And we cannot tend to every friend whom we want to be close to. So the trick is, how much of a distance do you keep between yourself and all these people? And then how many of those people would choose to kind of come close to you without crossing your boundaries? So personally, when I travel, every time I travel, people add me on Facebook, um, on WeChat. Um, it, it It happens a lot. And sometimes on WeChat, people don't even show their real name, right? They go by their nicknames. And in the middle of the night, you get all these kinds of requests. And so, for example, going by the nickname of Lost in Life, she goes, oh, Shifu, I want to be renounced. Can you give me a tip? And I don't even know who you are. I don't remember you. I don't know what you look like because you don't show your face on, um, on WeChat. And you don't give me any information. So when that happens, I will create some kind of space and time between myself and that person. And I think about whether the conditions are right for me to get to know that person better. So usually I would ask a bit more personal questions. You know, For example, where are you from? Right? Um, what kind of things are you going through in life? And their answers will really help me decide how much further I want to go with them in terms of this acquaintance some would just load, offload their worries and complaints, right? They think of all venerables as like a confession booth, right? A comfort booth. They don't care about whether I know anything about them. They just load off their worries. And I let them do that once or twice. And then they drift away. 
And but for those who are willing to ask more questions or interact with me, and I think we begin to find something more common about what we're doing now. So that being said, it actually helps me filter out a lot of people who probably are not meant to be friends, but just want to interact. So we prioritize our time because we have so many things in life. And so that's the truth of the fact, you know, even the Buddha prioritizes his time for those who are willing to pick up the Dharma with him. Those who aren't, he just gave them a simple nudge and just let them be. Yeah, so it's okay not to have so many good friends. As age comes, you discover you have less and less close friends, but these are probably the true friends who stick by. They even say that there's a seven-year seven gap or, or, or gate. People who stick around you for more than seven years usually end up becoming your good friends. And so that being said, again, um, give it time, right? And um, create some kind of space so that your boundaries overlap and try to kind of interact with, it, with each other within that boundary. Yeah. So otherwise, you know, I get so many WeChat messages every day from people whom I don't know. Oh, can you help me acquire a piece of Venerable Master's call calligraphy? I know it's expensive, but if I know you, I think I can get a piece. And I'm like, I don't even have a piece myself. And first of all, let me know who you are. Right? Develop some kind of affinity before you want to do that. Yes, yeah, so, so that, that's what I go through. And I try not to offend everybody, but I think, um, you know, reserving that space uh, becomes a good buffer zone for you to make a decision in who you choose to be your friend. Yeah, it, it's very important to actually have that buffer, like you said, and that affinity, because I feel like even at Temple, like we do come across a lot of people, but you don't get that same connection that we have with everyone. I think it's important to know that friends, it's important, but it's choosing the, the right one that is more important. When you're making the wrong choices, they're there to support you and they're there to tell you that, hey, um, you're going down the wrong path right now, so get yourself back. Or, or yeah, that's, that's what, you know, they're there for. You can tell, can't you? You can tell whether you are becoming healthier whether you are actually mentally improving, right? If you're always exhausted and if you feel angry and if, you, if you're rejecting a lot of things in life because of the friend you've made, then you know you have to take action. It's actually quite simple. So the idea of discipline, whether your choice brings wellness to yourself and others, uh, this is actually a very helpful guideline. Really, thank you so much, Venerable Miao Guang, for finding the time out of your busy schedule to join us on this podcast. It's been uh, such a pleasure and so much insight. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, obviously, one day yeah. soon. Yes, um, um, to Kim as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really enjoy this discussion and hope you have as well in, in our audience. And uh, for, all, for everyone here, Venerable Miao Guang also had a podcast, Bodhi Light Tales, which is uploaded uh, with many new episodes and please uh, do check it out. Yeah, so thank you so much. It was really enjoyable. And I think this podcast will be very, very enjoyable to listen to in the future. Great. So thank you so much. Thank you. So to our audience, if you enjoy our podcast, please ensure to like and subscribe. We hope to see you the next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.